Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you need to go today to win money. Whether it's live bets during the games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today, betonline.ag, or use the mobile app device and join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your deposit. So before the next big game, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. What up, Kids and Kidfighters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Scott Guasco, with my man, Bobby Lamarco. Another episode coming to you on the Fantasy Focused Network. Bobby and I have been on the program here for the last week. We're very excited. We want to give shouts out to that team for inviting us onto the network to bring you the most accurate and honest fantasy football analysis we can possibly dig up for you. Bob, how you feeling, my man? I'm good. I'm a little upset because one of the guys we're going to talk about, my sleeper, is no longer a sleeper. And this kind of brings me a little bit to our segment for today, which is our ADP price check brought to you by DraftWithRedZone.com. Listen, if you're drafting in person this season, make sure you draft with Red Zone. It's not just a draft board, remember. You get everything from the, the draft board to the cheat sheets for fantasy points, but you also get that fantasy championship ring. So if you want a league ring for your league, you want that case, you want uh, your, your draft in person, draft at redzone.com. So this ADP price check comes from Marquez Calloway, the new hotness. Jameis and him looking like the new Mike Evans version for uh, Jameis. His ADP has jumped to 107 overall, wide receiver 48. Just last week, this guy was going at pick 140. Sky, what's your thoughts about that? At pick 107, are you still interested in Calloway or are you fading him? I'm definitely interested in Callaway. My problem is what happened to Traquan Smith? Traquan Smith was the guy, right? But then he got a little bit beat up as well. He's been inconsistent in in New Orleans over the last couple of seasons. I mentioned him when we broke down the Saints. I I love the talent. The efficiency for Traquan Smith has been phenomenal. He just hasn't gotten a heavy workload with Michael Thomas and, and Jared Cook and Alvin Kamara and such. But, man, Marcus Callaway, look, you brought him up a few a few weeks ago, man. I want to give you some street cred here. And he is the real deal. He and Traquan mm-hmm. Smith are the same size. They're both about 6'1", 6'2", 205. And right now, Marcos Calloway looks like the number one, straight up. He might not be that on paper, but he looks like it right now. And let's not forget, Michael Thomas is out for at least a month, maybe six to eight weeks. So uh, right now, it's Marcos Calloway. Now, look, 10th round is a lot for him to jump. But honestly, him going around in that same area in the 10th round, why not? Because he's potentially the number one wide receiver whereas you're getting most other wide receivers going in that area are number twos or threes on their own team mind you if Callaway keeps us up for the rest of preseason I'm actually okay with it he's not a sleeper anymore but he might fall into that breakout category and I'm all over that I listen I got plenty on Marcus Callaway because technically when I was doing my research he's overall still going in that sleeper category but Sky why don't you tell the people what we're doing here today Absolutely, you got it. This is episode 438. Bobby and I are breaking down the NFC South breakouts and sleepers. Now, if you dial back just an episode we went through already, we went through our studs and our duds. 
And we have a special episode coming up tomorrow. Very excited with a special guest, our man, Jared Smola. So stick around for that. We're doing our must-have players tomorrow. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Today, though, we're doing our breakouts and our sleepers. If you're new to this series, because we are new to the Fantasy Focus Network, so for those of you tuning in now via Facebook on the Fantasy Focused Facebook page, on the YouTube page, I know we got our some of our boys in here already, and on Periscope as well. If you're new to us, Bobby and I with the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, we're going to be with you nonstop here for the rest of the season, live on Sunday mornings as well. So we'll be bringing you that start sit, which we know that y'all love and you crave. So we'll be there for you. If you're new to the series, though, Bobby and I have broken down every division, every single team. This is actually our last set of teams and division uh, for the rest of the season here before kickoff in two weeks. We are breaking out breakout sleepers and a deep sleeper for you. We do have prerequisites for this, so let me break it down for you quickly. And then, Bobby, I'll have you kick it off here with your breakout in the NFC South. So our breakout here is going to have the parameters of the 6th to the 10th round in NFC ADP. That's high stakes ADP. So that's 6th to the 10th round ADP. Those players right now that are eligible only from the NFC South, so the Buccaneers, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers – Michael Thomas, right? I mean, he was a second, third round pick just a couple weeks ago, but now he gets that surgery out for maybe one or two months. Are you still willing to draft Michael Thomas even as in that breakout category? Robbie Anderson, Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, Ronald Jones, and Leonard Fournette. Those are the guys that qualify to be a quote-unquote breakout in the sixth to the tenth round. Bobby, pick one. Who is somebody going at an ADP you think that they'll exceed this year in the NFC South? Let's talk about him. His name is Robbie Anderson. Uh, Robbie Anderson last year did have a very nice season for the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to kind of discuss a little bit about why I'm higher than Robbie Anderson and why I think he's actually closer to DJ Moore than he's currently going in ADP. Also, our boy Buck brought up the fact that DJ Moore was his bust or dud of this position of this uh, division. So let's talk about Robbie Anderson first and foremost. This guy has more continuity with not only the coaching staff but also the uh, Sam Darnold that DJ Moore does not have. Remember, remember this. Robbie Anderson played for Matt Rule in college. So they went out and got Robbie Anderson and brought him over to Carolina. Matt Rule knows Robbie Anderson, and that's his guy from his college days. Sam Darnold played two seasons with Robbie Anderson for the Jets. So now he has a quarterback he has two years' experience with, a coaching staff that believes in him, and guess what? He just got signed to a two-year $30 million extension, 29 and a half, excuse me. But that is proof that he is now viewed as the guy they want to invest long-term. Yes, they just exercised DJ Moore's option for this year, but they just invested in Robbie Anderson. When you're looking at Anderson versus DJ Moore from last season, so yes, they finished relatively close. I mean, listen, DJ Moore on a points-per-game basis was the wide receiver 22, and Anderson was the wide receiver 32. But on a points-per-game basis, it was 11.9 versus 11 points per game for Robbie Anderson. So it was very close. It was less than a point-per-game difference. But when you look at the ADP price tags, right now today, DJ Moore is going in the fourth round at the 46th pick. Robbie Anderson is going in the back of the seventh round at the 74th pick, or top of the seventh round at the 74th pick. So that right there tells me that this is a big gap between these two guys. And if you're playing that ADP game, I would rather get a guy like Robbie Anderson. Now let's talk about Robbie Anderson's 2020. First of all, his touchdown rate was three touchdowns on over 130 on 136 targets. Three touchdowns. 
That's a 2.2% target rate on the season. With Sam Darnold, his career uh, touchdown rate is 6.7. That is three times higher in the seasons he's played with Sam Darnold for worse of what he had with Teddy Bridgewater last season. So let's break down if, for example, you know, the new targets that Robbie Anderson has, because he played a very different role than he did with the Jets. He was a much more of a vertical threat. Last season, he saw 136 targets. Prior to his time with the Jets, he was nowhere near that. So what I wanted to do is just take a look at his career catch percentage, yards per target, and his touchdown rate with Sam Darnold and apply it to 136 targets. So here we go. So if you apply his career averages with Sam Darnold only, he would add a 70 four receptions, 1,122 yards, and nine touchdowns. That would have been 204 fantasy points in half-point PPR. That's 12.7 points per game. That would have been the wide receiver 19 last year. So right there, we're already kind of telling you a little bit of a story about with his efficiency with Sam Darnold, we can see his upside being inside that top 20. Currently, he's going at wide receiver 31 in ADP. So right there, it tells me that I think that Robbie Anderson is a great buy in the seventh round after Tyler Boyd. Had to just slip that in there. But Robbie Anderson still one of my favorite seventh round receivers. And that's why he's my breakout for the NFC South. Man, you mentioned all time system continuity. He gets a second year in the system and he gets Sam Darnold. I love that math for you and, and, and Robbie Anderson there. All right, man, let me get into mine here. I'm going to go with Ronald Jones. Now, this is <laughs> the breakout category was interesting for me because I kind of went back and forth with a number of players. Again, you have Robbie Anderson, who you took, and I like that. Antonio Brown was definitely a guy that I wanted to pick up here as well, but I, I couldn't put Antonio Brown in a breakout category because <laughs> he was literally the best fantasy receiver for an entire decade. So that's not going to work. And then Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones, whatever, and Brady, of course, has been around forever as well. So I had to go with Ronald Jones here. Going is the running back 35 right now in NFC ADP. ECR has him at about 38. I have him at 28. He's going in the middle of the eighth round right now. I think he's the number one running back talent-wise in Tampa Bay. I think he's going to be the number one running back in overall opportunity in Tampa Bay. I also think that he is the running back that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady want to be the number one running back in Tampa Bay. His biggest issues so far in his career have been lack of pass catching, just drops in general, and fumbles. So if he can take care of the football and Brady can trust him more and Arians can trust him more, they're going to keep him on the field. Let's not forget, before playoff Lenny became playoff Lenny, Ronald Jones was running things for Tampa Bay, and he was doing very well. He got about a COVID. He got injured at the end of the season. Leonard Fournette came in, did his job very well. Respect to Lenny Fournette for handling business. But then he took him through the playoffs and the rest is history. Ronald Jones was that guy before he got hurt, though. In just 14 games last year, Ronald Jones had career highs in carries with 192, rush yards, 978. So just short of 1,000. That was surprising to me. I didn't realize that before I started digging in. Yards per carry, 5.1. And this isn't on like 40 carries. This is nearly 200 carries. He had a yards per carry of 5.1. That's incredibly efficient. And total touchdowns of eight. He was eighth in yards created. 
and eight and eighth in yards created per touch as well. So he's able to make work for himself. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have an elite offensive line. Obviously, Tom Brady, who's checking out of pass plays in run fronts, which is going to benefit him for sure. And Leonard Fournette last year, while he had an incredible finish to the season, playoff Lenny and all that, overall on 97 attempts, which again is no snub. He had about 100 attempts last year, 3.8 yards per carry. So Ronald Jones is a yard plus more efficient. We know he's got more speed. If he catches the ball, he's great in open space. He's good in the red zone as well. They bring in Gio Bernard, who I think will be some version of Brady's quote-unquote James White, and of course they're going to throw the hell out of the ball as well. But Ronald Jones, I think, in year three here, former second-round pick, he's got the pedigree. I think he takes a big step here. I think he earns more trust from Brady and Arians. And I really think that he becomes easily the number one back in Tampa Bay and drafting him in the eighth round. Again, you're drafting other guys who might lose their job, like, um, you know, Mostert, Melvin Gordon, somebody like that, who might be the starter for the first month of the season, but could lose their job to a rookie. I think Ronald Jones, as long as he doesn't get injured or fumble the football, he should keep that job. And yes, they'll split work, but I expect Ronald Jones to be that guy in the eighth round, especially if you go zero RB or any modified RB situation you're looking for somebody who could be a number one running back in the middle rounds ronald jones jumped off the page for me you know what it's just tough with leonard fournette still there splitting some early downward and playoff lenny i mean listen the guy blew up so it's it's going to be tough but i think ronald jones was an ascending player and i do agree but geo now in the fold the passing game <laughs> is going to be pretty rough for those running backs all right listen let's before we move on to the sleepers and if you need help finding sleepers the best way to do it is with some advanced stats, and you can do that with expandtheboxscore.com. Now, listen, on your screen, you're going to see everything that's offered through Expand the Box Score. You're going to get things like catch, contested catch rates, you know, missed tackles, missed uh, broken tackles, routes run, all these advanced stats that you don't get for free in a lot of sites you get with Expand the Box Score. The best part, too, is the price point. For just $25 for this season, you get access to these great benefits now if you use that promo code tck you get five dollars off and a four-day free trial so if you decide that you're not interested in using these advanced stats for the whole season you can cancel after four days and you'll have no charge but for twenty dollars it is a no-brainer offer for you to get some advanced stats with expandtheboxcore.com so sky based on some of the tools you've been using who is a sleeper for you at the nfc south Man, you you talked about Robbie Anderson, and I like Robbie Anderson a lot. I actually considered bringing up Robbie Anderson for my breakout too, but you beat me to the punch on our shared spreadsheet here. I also love DJ Moore, but I'm going to throw another shout-out to the third wide receiver in Carolina, and that's my man Terrace Marshall, rookie out of LSU, going in the 13th round, all right? So again, our sleepers are rounds 11 through 14, Latavius Murray, Adam Troutman, Obviously beat up right now. We're waiting on that diagnosis as of this podcast. Matt Ryan, Marquez Calloway, who doesn't even qualify anymore. He moved up to the 10th round, basically. Terrace Marshall, Gio Bernard, Rob Gronkowski, and Chuba Hubbard are guys in this division that qualify as a sleeper in the round 11 through 14. So I'm going to go with Terrace Marshall here. Going in the 13th round, he's getting drafted as the wide receiver 62 now, ECR, expert consensus ranking, and we're going to talk about that with Jared Smola tomorrow, who's been incredible. He's been in the top 10 for the last couple of seasons, so we'll talk to him about ECR and what exactly it takes to get up in the top 10 for the Fantasy Pros expert consensus ranking. 
He is the wide receiver 74. So I want to talk about this really quick. ADP, average draft position, which is the public perception of this player and where he gets drafted in actual fantasy drafts, he's getting drafted as the wide receiver 62. The experts have him 12 spots lower at 74. I like Terrace Marshall quite a bit. He's my wide receiver 68, so he's kind of in between the public and the experts. But that is something I always like to monitor. The experts have him 12 spots lower than the public. So, you know, just be careful with stuff like that. You know, if, if you have the public perception higher, then maybe people are a little bit too high and the experts don't think it'll happen. Vice versa. Sometimes the public is lower than the experts are higher. You can maybe get value on that on draft day. All right, I digress. Big slot wide receiver. He's got history with the offensive coordinator in Carolina with Joe Brady with their time back in LSU. And let's not forget, everybody talks about Justin Jefferson, rightfully so. Everybody talks about Jamar Chase, rightfully so. Terrace Marshall was also in the mix. 2019, they run the table. They go undefeated. They got CEH, the wide receivers, Joe Burrow, the rest is history, set all sorts of records at LSU. Terrace Marshall has been behind the curtain for quite a while, but I think he can explode in an offense that should take a huge step forward this year with Sam Darnold. Now, in the two preseason games that Terrace Marshall has played limited work in, he's been very impressive. Six catches total, 138 yards, and he had a, a deep bomb that basically he got tackled down on the five-yard line. He almost scored a touchdown. So that was almost about a 60-yard, 70-yard touchdown on that play. So he has huge big play potential plus the volume in the slot. Sam Darnold targets the slot position, all right? Last year in this offense, Teddy Bridgewater, who – Bobby, just let you know, will potentially not be, he did not produce as well of numbers as Sam Darnold could potentially do this year with his efficiencies in this uh, in this offense here with Joe Brady and Matt Rule. Jamison Crowder was the slot receiver for Sam Darnold with the Jets. In the second year of Jamison Crowder, he had 78 catches on 122 targets, 833 yards, and six touchdowns. Last year, Teddy Bridgewater, who threw a you know league low touchdowns supported three top 36 wide receivers. Curtis Samuel is now gone. He's in Washington. If Terrace Marshall just fills the Curtis Samuel mole, he could end up being a wide receiver three. You're getting him in the 13th round. I think Terrace Marshall has bigger play opportunity, red zone opportunity that Curtis uh, Samuel does not and did not. Curtis Samuel got rushing, but I, I don't really account for that too much necessarily. So we're talking sleepers here. This is someone you're just throwing a dart at, but Terrace Marshall has impressed. He was great in college. He comes into an offense where he is the number three, but if either one of those guys were to go down, he gets an immediate bump. There's no real tight end necessarily yet in Carolina. Of course, Christian McCaffrey is back, but I expect this entire offense to take a boost. Terrace Marshall is somebody in the later rounds I'm willing to have as my wide receiver five or six on my roster. He could end the season as a top 36 and maybe even higher with bigger opportunity. I agree. And you know, I've brought up Terrence Marshall before. And the thing with Terrence Marshall is simple. You know, Joe Brady coached him at LSU. He already knows that big slot role. They used it with Justin Jeff Jefferson. He actually used that, did that role last year. Yep. And they brought him in to replace Curtis Samuel, essentially, because David Moore is the only competition and David Moore is not a slot guy. So I'm big on this as a late round sleeper. Plus he's uh, Curtis Samuel vacating 97 targets. From last season so I think it's a great pick and great call by you now this one is not I hate the fact that we're having this today we should have did this last <laughs> week I'm so upset 
And listen, Sky, you're the only one probably out that's going to be watching this that understands. And I've been talking about Marcus Callaway for weeks, you have, way I, before preseason games. I give you, I give you the street cred, man, because you and I yeah. have called some guys early and before it was cool. I've been on Deami yeah. Brown since draft day. You've been on Marcus Callaway way before anybody was even talking about him. So I'm going to give you the tip of the hat on that one. Thank you, thank you. All right, so. Now, if everybody just saw that Monday night game, this is very obvious. I mean, Marcus Calloway with Jameis Winston just looks like a match made in heaven. So I honestly think already, and I just brought this up in the beginning of the show, so if you just joined us late, you know, he's going now in the ninth round at 107. So he has skyrocketed over the last day in NFC ADP. But right now, overall, the last week, he was going at pick 140 in that range at 60th wide receiver. But even in that range, I think Marcus Calloway is going to be the guy you want maybe behind guys like Marvin Jones and Corey Davis, but I still think he's a valuable pick. And here's kind of why. So even if it's not Jameis, and let's say Taysom Hill for whatever reason wins this job, last season, if you look at the four games he played, James, uh, Taysom Hill as a starter targeted Michael Thomas 32.5% target rate, and Michael Thomas averaged 12.3 points per game. I'm not saying Marcus Callaway is Michael Thomas, but the point is the target distribution. Now, there is – Marcus Callaway is taking the Mike Thomas role. Deontay Harris and Traquan Smith have their roles as the other two's potential starters. Traquan Smith is the deep threat. That's not going to change. And then Deontay Harris is a primary slot receiver. That hybrid role is going to go to Marcus Callaway. We're not expecting Michael Thomas to be back for a long time. So this offense, that makes him the first read. Michael Thomas was the first read. Marcus Callaway is the first read. And plus, we just saw, even though he's not the fastest guy, Marcus Callaway beat two long touchdowns with Jameis Winston, and Jameis Winston is going to challenge defenses more than Drew Brees did. But just look at the talent of this kid. The reason why he started catching my eyes, I started seeing a lot of reports, but if you look at his ascendance, he went from undrafted free agent to starting earning starts last season in his rookie season. If you just look at the four games, he actually started and played over 50% of the snaps in four games. He averaged six targets in those games, four and a half receptions, and 46 and a half yards per game. So that's actually not too bad. I mean, it's not going to win you a fantasy season, but for an undrafted rookie to then emerge and actually take some starts last season, that's why he was already on my radar. However, we're going to continue to monitor his draft stock. I still think in the ninth, 10th round, he's still a good pick because he's probably one of the very few, quote unquote, number one receivers on their team that you can get that late. So that's why Marcus Callaway is my sleeper. I want to bring up another uh, fantasy football I won't say Hall of Famer, but certainly somebody that won some championships back in the day. Undrafted free agent for your New York football giants. One Victor Cruz came on the scene out of nowhere in 2010 in the preseason. Absolutely dominated. He became Victor Cruz after that. So look, opportunity is everything. Volume is king in fantasy football. Marcos Calloway certainly has an opportunity to impress here. All right, man, we do have our deep sleepers, which we're going to get into. We each have one. But before that, I want to give a shout out to our friends at the Jersey Jungle. Now, y'all know I rep the Jersey Jungle as much as I possibly can. I collect jerseys. It's a borderline sickness for me. You go to the Jersey Jungle, DM them on Instagram, fantasy football. Uh, Instagram here, we have the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK to receive 10% off of one or two jerseys. 15% off of three jerseys. Now they have football, baseball, hockey, basketball. They have soccer. They have international soccer. You can do custom jerseys. We have a great follower and a big friend of the show. Shouts out to our girl Megatron all the way across the pond in the UK. 
She plays American football in the UK, and she actually had the Jersey Jungle create a custom jersey of her team from the Jersey Jungle, and they're working on that. So incredible with those guys. Stitch and Twill, high-quality jerseys. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see right behind me, I have my man Julio Jones and Colin Kaepernick. These are both Stitch and Twill. Very nice jersey, high quality, and they have the sleeve logos. They have the NFL logo on the front. They have the name across the plate, if that's what their jersey has, or maybe it's an emblem of the team. I've got baseball jerseys for them as well, and as you know, I have my – Next shipment in the mail coming for me. It does take a little bit to get to me, but it's on its way. I'll have an unboxing soon. Hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. 10 to 15% off of one to three plus jerseys. Use the promo code TCK and my man Trenton will take care of you. All right, Bobby, we got our deep sleepers now. Now this is where we just start. I mean, we throw darts at sleepers. I feel like maybe it's like cornhole bags. I'm not bocce ball. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but when it's deep sleepers, bro, it's like, (laughs) what the hell? Why not? 15th round or later. All right. 15th round or later. Traquan Smith, Quadre Allison, Sam Darnold, the quarterbacks for new Orleans, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Dan Arnold. We have Hayden Hurst, who everybody's forgotten about in Atlanta. OJ Howard, who everybody forgot about anyway in Tampa Bay as well. Javion Hawkins, RIP, no longer in the division as of now. Just got cut. Maybe he'll find another spot. Tony Jones, junior, rookie UDFA for the Saints. Might be the guy behind Alvin Kamara. We'll see. And then Jawan Johnson, who's getting some opportunity with, unfortunately, my man Adam Troutman potentially out for a significant amount of time. So those are our deep sleeper guys in this division. I'm going to go with an oldie but goodie here. And I'm going to stick with Jameis Winston one more time. You and I have been off of this a couple of times here. Now, you're a Taysom Hill guy, and you're a Marquis Calloway guy, which obviously makes sense. I've been a Jameis Winston guy, and pretty much until Monday night, I was a Traquan Smith guy. So when we look at Jameis Winston, everybody's aware of what he did in 2019. I'm going to recap it very quickly. 5,000-plus yards, 33 touchdowns. 30 interceptions in 2019 as a member of the Buccaneers with Bruce Arians. I don't expect that Jameis Winston, but I also don't expect, you know, fall off a cliff 2020 Jameis Winston either. He only played 11 snaps, okay, but he didn't look amazing necessarily in this new offense. I don't expect that either. Right now he's going in the 19th round, almost the 20th round. Obviously, if he wins the position here, which as of this podcast, we do not have the actual understanding of who will be the quarterback i think it'll be Jameis. bobby thinks it'll be Taysom. we'll see what happens but Jameis winston is going in the 19th round if he wins this job he's gonna obviously move up a handful of rounds i'm sure but as of right now 19th round qb 29 ecr 29 i've got him in that range too again it's all uncertainty i will tell you though if he wins this position i'm immediately moving him into my qb twos And I did a quick estimate. He's probably going to be my QB 20, 21, 22, depending on how the rest of the spring or the summer, I should say, shakes out. So he's going to be a back-end QB 2 for me with weekly QB 1 upside, as we've seen in the years past. Now, when we broke down the Saints and the Buccaneers, I mentioned some of these stats, so I apologize for doubling up here, but I think it's important to mention. Jameis Winston is seventh among active quarterbacks with a 7.7 yards per attempt, and he was first in nearly every deep ball category, accuracy or not, yardage, air yards, completion percentage, everything else, touchdowns in 2019. Now, we know that's kind of a wash, but the point is he's able to do it. 
in the preseason game one against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, look, they're not playing like Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore Ravens yet, but still the Ravens, high-quality team. He went 7 for 12, 96 yards passing, a touchdown, and, of course, the weekly Jameis pick. However, last week on Monday night, played much, much better against Jacksonville. Again, backups or whatever, starters for a little bit. But he was 9 of 10, just one incompletion. That incompletion was a drop. 9 of 10, 123, and two touchdowns to Marquis Calloway, of course, in Game 2. So he stepped it up from Game 1 to Game 2. Game 1, Taysom Hill started. Game 2, Jameis Winston started. Now, Taysom Hill, in the meantime, went 6 for 13 for 86 yards and no touchdowns on Monday night. So Jameis Winston has outpaced him twice so far this summer. Jameis Winston only threw 20 or 11 total pass attempts, as I mentioned, last year. But since 2011, Bobby, I did some deep dive in here because I think a lot of people are just like, Jameis Winston isn't Drew Brees. Uh, you know, the, the Saints have turned into more of a running team. They have an elite offensive line. They have an all-world running back in Alvin Kamara. All of that is true, but I wanted to know why they went from one of the past heaviest offenses in the NFL for the last 15 years to the most run heavy, and it's not just Drew Brees. So I did some deeper dives. Since 2011, the Saints team passing attempts per game. So not Drew Brees, the team in general, the play calling essentially. Team pass attempts from... 2011 to 2016, they averaged the second most pass attempts per season or per game per season since 2011 to 2016. They were second in the NFL with 42 pass attempts per game. Over the last couple of seasons from 2017 to last year in 2020, they were 20th in the NFL on average with 34 pass attempts. That's 96 fewer pass attempts per season over the last four years. Drew Brees started to decline in 2017. Coincidentally, that was Alvin Kamara's rookie year. We all know what he did in his rookie season. Sean Payton, though, traditionally, over the last 20 years of being with the Saints, wants to throw, and he wants to throw often. Jameis Winston has looked good so far this summer, and if he wins the job, I think he's going to surprise fantasy managers, and I think that, frankly, a, a clearer-minded LASIK surgery, Jameis Winston will be able to produce much better. He needs to minimize the mistakes, though, obviously. I don't think Sean Payton's going to put up with it. I've been mentioning that from day one. If he throws careless interceptions like Jameis is used to, he's going to get pulled for Taysom Hill, no doubt about it. But if he throws you know, tip passes or uh, maybe the wide receiver runs the wrong route or just sometimes you throw a pick, it happens. Drew Brees did it too. I think they'll be able to clean it up. For what it's worth, Taysom Hill last year played in four games when Drew Brees was out. He was the QB6 overall, QB8 in points per game. I'm sticking with Jameis Winston. I think he cleans things up. He looks good this summer. Second year in the system, although he didn't play much last year. Second year of the terminology. Jameis plays. They can still play Taysom Hill. If Taysom Hill plays, they cannot play Jameis. I don't understand why they wouldn't have their best assets on the field. Taysom Hill, whether we like it or not in fantasy, is a great all-around receiver, running back, tight end, what have you. Jameis Winston's a great passer. I think they stick with Jameis, and he is a guy I'm willing to take as my QB3 in Superflex. I'd be stoked with the upside. And in single quarterback leagues, wait all the way to the end, take him as my second quarterback as well. And I'll tell you this, based on my guy, who is Juwan Johnson, the tight end for the Saints, I pray that Jameis Winston wins the job. Because <laughs> this is a Jameis Winston-only take. Taysom Hill, listen, I'll, I like him as a fantasy asset because of his rushing ability. If he wins the starting job, I do like that. But let's focus on his skill position players. Last season, outside of Al, uh, um, Michael Thomas, 
no one performed really good with Taysom Hill in there from the receiving core. So that's why if Jameis actually takes this job, I'm excited about Jawan Johnson. Who is Jawan Johnson? He's the tight end for the Saints. He's actually the third string guy technically, but he's making a lot of camp buzz. Nick Underhill was one of the main beat writers for the Saints, actually said that Jawan Johnson looks like the early favorite to take over the Jared Cook role in this offense, which has produced top 10 seasons over the last few seasons with the Saints. So that gets me excited. Plus, he is a converted wide receiver. This guy actually came into the league as a wide receiver, ran at 4.58 at 6'4", 230. So he was a big body guy, runs pretty fast for a tight end. So right there is interesting, his pass kissing chops coming in as a pass catcher, a receiver from college. Now with the injuries, Adam Troutman is going to get a sea of foot specialist today. Nick Vinette, the other guy who was on the depth chart, the veteran presence, is out two to four weeks with a knee sprain. So this is really opening the door for Jawan Johnson to seize that role. Now look, at if he takes that Jared Cook role last season, I know, you know if you look at the games without Taysom Hill, like I said, the games with Taysom Hill were not good for the tight end. I think Jared Cook had like 15 yards receiving per game. It was ridiculous. If you take those games out, he played 11 games with Drew Brees. He averaged just over four targets per game. His 16-game pace in those games, 40 receptions, 630 yards, and seven touchdowns. That's over eight points per game and half point PPR. And for the tight end position, for a guy going at 379, that's a nice little story to tell for your last pick if you're looking at a guy, especially in these tight end premium leagues. He's definitely someone that should be on your radar. But what if Jameis wins the job? What's the history of Jameis Winston with tight ends? Just look at the 2016, 17, and 18. 2019, he played with Bruce Arians. I've said this all along. Bruce Arians is not the biggest tight end guy. I know Gronk had a nice season last year, but Bruce Arians' scheme is not really tight end conducive. However, this system is, and so was Dirk Coiter's scheme, which was before Bruce Arians got there. In 2016, Cameron Bray, tight end six. 2017, tight end nine. 2018, O.J. Howard in points per game, because he only played 10 games, was the tight end five in points per game. So we have seen multiple times Jameis lean on his tight ends and also produce top 10 seasons. So as my deep sleeper, someone you can get extremely late. I should have played the game with this guy. I'd be like, all right, just take a guess. Wild guess how deep he's going. But 379 as a last round pick. Just keep an eye on this guy, especially for their next preseason game. If Adam Trapman is out and Nick Vanette, see his role. See if he's on the field a lot. He's someone you could target as a late-round deep tight end sleeper. In 2019, Jared Cook finishes the tight end seven at 32 years old in this offense. That same season in Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston supported Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard for a combined 175 PPR fantasy points at the tight end position. Bobby, that was good for tight end seven, exactly the same as Jared Cook there. I love it, man. Great recap here. That's our breakouts and our sleepers, and we always throw in a deep sleeper there for you as well. We have an excellent episode coming up for you tomorrow. Again, if you're new to our faces, at least, of course, you're not new to the fantasy football-focused network, but you're maybe new to Bobby and myself, the TCK pod, the Candlestick Kids. We would really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind checking out our podcast as well. We return all these episodes into podcast forms if you're on the go and you can't watch the vid make sure you check us on the podcast the candlestick kids leave a rate and review there please of course you can check us out on twitter as well you can follow all the avenues for fantasy focus that's fantasy underscore focused on twitter of course if you're not a part of the facebook page you can join that as well 
And if you're on the YouTube, make sure to subscribe. Drop a comment below of your breakout and sleepers in the NFC South. And of course, make sure to follow Bobby and I as well on Twitter at my name at Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O, and at Bobby Lamarco at Bobby last name L-A-M-A-R-C-O. Bobby, any final thoughts here on the NFC South in general or any other like sneaky, sneaky names here for the rest of the preseason before we get off? This is why we do deep sleepers. My sneaky name has already been said. I, I just think I'm excited to see uh, if Jameis wins that job. I think it's going to open a lot of doors for other players. I think that makes Alvin Kamara safer first-round pick. I think Marcus Callaway is a justified 10th-round pick, and I think Jawan Johnson could be a sleeper. So I'm pulling for Jameis, but if Taysom Hill wins that job, he would be my deep sleeper because of that rushing upside. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We'll see what happens. We are having some quarterbacks starting to be named, and we're just right around the corner. So stick with us right here on the Fantasy Focus Network. For Bobby LaMarco, I'm Sky Guasco. This episode and every episode is brought to you by BetOnline, betonline.ag. Hit up the mobile app as well for your online sports betting experts. Bobby LaMarco, Sky Guasco, we'll catch you next time. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.